Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Zuno mohiash mahahekelista. Jehele mehesisi hiashu hastia hiashta. Kieshe je shuhushi kahayashataya ama ashia. Ye shuhuma. You've not come into the natural. You've come into the supernatural. You've not come into natural things or natural ability. You've not come into that which man sees on the outside that they call the church. You've come into the church that I birth, says the Lord, that is of my spirit. And you've come into the fullness. You've come into the completeness of all that I am and all that I have. And so don't look at your life the way others would look. Don't look at your life the way others have spoken. But look at yourself through my eyes, and that is through the eyes of the word that's been shown to you and revealed to you. See yourself as I see yourself. See yourself with what I see you having, and then take that and speak it out of your mouth and say, Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. I am what the Lord says I am. I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have and I can do what he says I can do. Proclaim it with your mouth and then act on it in faith. You'll see not the natural realm, but the supernatural realm. Oh, glory to God. We'll open up to you and you'll walk in fresh victory and fresh life, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I think one of the biggest problems we have in the church is failing to see ourselves the way God sees us. And, and because we live in a, in a natural realm, it's so easy to just be consumed with the natural. But we're, we're spirit beings. We're in this world, Jesus said, but we're not of this world. Well, if not of this world, what are we of? We're of that world. We're of the spirit world. We're of the, of the world where, where God is in control of everything and everyone who has their faith in him. There's, there's, not, any, there's not any lack. There's not any weakness. There's not any confusion, doubt, uncertainty, nothing in the, in the realm of God. And, and that's the realm we've been birthed into. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Limitless possibilities for every person in this room. Limitless possibilities in God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Instead of being consumed with your need, be consumed with the provision God's made. Put your focus on that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bible tonight to Romans chapter 12. I started this on Sunday night, and then it just occurred to me uh, this Sunday night, we're not having uh, service because it's Mother's Day. 
And so uh, I won't get to, uh, to finish this as quickly as I thought. So I just, I'm going to pick up tonight and, and see if I can finish this tonight. Amen. Romans chapter 12. And we looked at verse 1, 2, and 3, uh, uh, or 1 and 2 in particular. And we just, we just made some comments about the next verses. But we're going to go in more depth tonight. In verse 1, uh, Romans 12, 1. It reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And many translations say it is your rational service and worship. Living right is worship. Amen. And uh, so we won't comment too much more on that, but uh, it it bears repeating. And then verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I said on Sunday night that verse 2 is sort of a pivotal uh, or transitional verse in that it relates to verse 1 on one hand and then it relates to, to the following verses on the other hand. And really most of the chapter has to do with what's contained in, in the rest of the verses. And so... Uh, as it relates to, to verse number one, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God in presenting yourself holy, a living sacrifice and acceptable to God. That, that comes by the renewing of your mind. Amen. The more you, the more, the more you renew your mind with the word, the more you're aware of what God is doing in you. Because the spirit and the word always work together. And when you're renewing your mind, just feeding on the word, just feeding on the word, reading the word, meditating on the word, speaking the word, uh, understanding comes into your heart. And sometimes you see things uh, about maybe the way you're conducting yourself and your conduct, maybe in church, maybe toward other believers, maybe on the job, maybe in your family. You begin to see, you know, I need to, I need to straighten that up. I need to change that. Well, that's presenting your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. But then there's also the, the, uh, uh, what he talks about in the following verses, which has to do with our service to God in the local church. See, one is our service to, to God between us and, 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 and God. Uh, and in that sense, we all have the same assignment. We all have the same assignment uh, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and to please Him in our personal relationship and 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 uh, uh, just submission and obedience to Him as as who He is. We all share that common obligation. But when we get down to talking about our our ministry in the church, we all have different things that the Lord expects of us. And I mean, there may be some similarities between one and another, but not everybody uh, is to serve God the same way. And so, like I said, this verse kind of kind of uh, can relate to verse one, but it can also relate to to verses three and the following verses. So, in verse, uh, well, before I go any further, let me just look over what we said or what I said Wednesday night. Excuse me, Sunday night. Uh, before we read verse three, let me just say this. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through uh, 21, answers the question, what is my ministry to the church? What is my ministry? 
How do I fulfill it? But as I was, I said that on Sunday night, but as I was thinking about this today, I think uh, we read more into that than we should. Because the word ministry comes from the, in the Bible, in the New Testament, the word ministry comes from a Greek word that means, the, the, the noun means service, the verb means to serve. And so, uh, you know, the, the Bible was written in uh, the language, in the New Testament it was written in the language that already existed, and words had their meaning uh, before they were written in Scripture. And so when people, uh, when God used uh, ordinary words, the people understood the ordinary meaning of the word. But then as, as uh, you read the Bible, then those words take on sort of a special meaning in the church. But uh, sometimes that throws us off a little bit. For instance, the word ministry, in the way we use it, when we talk about having a ministry, we all have a ministry and finding your ministry, just that word has been loaded or endowed with meaning over the years. And it takes on sort of an aura or sort of a, uh, uh, an expectation of something that is, uh, Beyond the ordinary, let me illustrate it like this. When somebody, let's say somebody is, is, is real good at a particular, uh, uh, thing that blesses people. And somebody says, you know, he has a real ministry along that line. He has a real ministry. Well, then that kind of, oh, he, he set apart. You know, he, he, we, we need to get him, uh, uh, something to stand on, you know, cause, you know, he's, he's got a real ministry. Well, if you think about it this way, he has a real service. He has a real service along that line. That, that puts it in a different light altogether. And that's the original right, light. Now, as, as, as people in the New Testament, uh, uh, that first century, as they were getting these epistles and reading them, they, they came to find out what that word service and, and to serve meant in, in the context of people who had offices of ministry. You know, there was the, the ministry of, you know, Paul said, uh, you know, I do all these things. I, I put up with all these things and, and live my life in a certain way so that, quote, the ministry would not be blamed. Well, you know, the, then the, the ministry, then that, that carries the, the idea of something special, an assignment. And it is, but, but. That word, when we transfer it to one another, it can carry an assignment that, a weight of assignment that's not there. Does that make any sense to you? So uh, when we think of it this way, uh, what is my service to the church? How can I fulfill my service? That's what this chapter is all about. How to fulfill your service to God and to the local church. And so we said this Sunday night, I'm pretty sure. Every Christian has a God-given ministry. Let's say it like this. Every Christian has a God-given service to be fulfilled in the local church. Now, that exposes uh, some people's misunderstanding because some Christians, and you know you know people like this, you know people who, who say, well, you know, 
uh, I don't believe in the, in the organized church. Has anybody never heard that? Everybody's heard. I don't believe in the organized church. You know, I'm a Christian. I've been saved. I love Jesus and Jesus and me. We're doing good. I don't believe in the organized church and I don't think you have to go to church, belong to a church. I serve God where I am. Well, we are to serve God in, in, in all of our world that we go into. We are to be a testimony and a light for Jesus. But these gifts, and graces that we're going to look in here aren't things that you're going to, to necessarily demonstrate on the job. I mean, I mean, look at it. Uh, having then, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the graces, giving them, let us use, if prophecy. That'll go over real good at work. Come in and start prophesying at work. You won't work there very long. We're going to use prophecy in the church. Or ministry, and again, it's that same word in serving. He who teaches. So you're going to go into the office and take a Bible text and take the first 20 minutes on the, on the job and teach a Bible lesson. You'll do that one day. And you won't do it the next day. Isn't that right? No, where, where are you going to teach? In the church. He who exhorts in the church. He who gives. Yeah, I'm going to give. A, we, we say, well, I give at the office. <laughs> Not what this is talking about. They're not taking up an offering for, for the things of God at work. Isn't that right? All of these are, are gifts and graces that God give us, that God gives us to serve in the church. Amen. So, uh, you know, we need to, every Christian should be committed to a local church. It is false doctrine. It is immaturity. And silliness, when you hear people say, well, I don't believe in the going to the organized church. I don't believe in the local church. I don't believe you have to go to church to be a Christian. You just, you know, without, without judging that person and being condemning, you just know that's a very uh, childish and, and elementary and, and immature thing to say and, and idea to have. Uh, and one reason people can't be committed to a local church is because they don't think a church, any church is good enough. They've been to a church, maybe 20, you know, one to five, 20, who knows, you know, and they had conflict and they didn't like this and they didn't like that. And they're, you know, they've, they've tried out several churches and it didn't fit anywhere. So they thought, and so, uh, you know, they they never found that perfect church. Well, that perfect church doesn't exist. <laughs> no perfect church exists on this earth. Now, that, that there is a perfect church and a perfect pastor, but they're both in heaven. There's no perfect pastor here on this earth. The, the only perfect pastor, his, you know his name, his name is Jesus, and, and, and he's in heaven. And, and there's the part of the church is on the earth and part of the church is in heaven. Everyone who accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and was born again, if they've gone, if they've died, they've gone to heaven and they're part, but they're still part of the church. And they're in heaven. Well, here on the earth, uh, there's, there's still some, some growth available to all of us. Isn't that right? Uh, church floaters. You ever known a church floater? They just go here for a little while and they go over there for a little while. And when there's a special meeting in town at this church, you know, they'll go over there and, you know, in the next week they're, you know, out of town visiting another church and they go down state and go to a church or they go to somewhere else. They just float around. I've, I've noticed this and I've been doing this for a few years 
And um, I've noticed that church floaters in general really think they're more spiritual than all of the churches they attend. That's why they just float in, you know, and they, they, they come in and they kind of take the best, you know, that they get, you know, and they kind of pick and choose, you know, go here, I heard they're having a guest speaker, or I like this, you know, and they go and kind of, you know, take the best and then, you know, for themselves, and then they leave. And uh, because, you know, they're, they're too spiritual to stay around when, when uh, something special is not going on. They're, they're too spiritual to, to, uh, to hear a steady diet of their pastor. Well, praise the Lord. You, you folks are awfully quiet out there. You're looking awfully innocent. <laughs> Why would God want anybody to settle down in an imperfect church anyway? Well, he, he tells us right here so that we can bring our gifts and our abilities and add it to the church and help bring that imperfect church a little bit closer to perfection. And so that's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's receive and give. We don't come to church just to receive. You shouldn't. That's selfish. Uh, we come to church to receive and to contribute. Isn't that right? Amen. In uh, Romans chapter 12 again, verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Are you using yours? Well, I don't even know what mine is. Well, we'll solve that. Amen. You, you can find out. Let us use them. Don't let us hide them. Don't let us uh, abuse them. Let us use them. Amen. In, uh, I think we looked at, did we look at Ephesians 4 on Sunday night? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, verse number 7. But to each, now notice that, to each one of us, grace was given. How many people would that include? I mean in this room. How many in this room would that include? To each of us would, in, would, would include you, wouldn't it? And me. To each one of us, to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. I want to read this from uh, a couple of different translations. Knox translation says, but unto, e- but unto every one of us was given his own special grace. His own special grace. The old um, uh, living Bible said special abilities. That's good. Uh, in the latter part of this verse where it says, according to the, I'm reading the King James and the, and the New King James and getting according to the measure of Christ's gift. Philip's uh, translation, which is more of a paraphrase, says, out of the rich diversity of Christ's giving. And then the 20th century New Testament says, each in, now listen to this, each in accordance with the extent of the gift of Christ. Christ, when Christ came, and I've, I've said this many times, but it, it, it has such a, a far-reaching effect when you, when you fully see this. When Christ came, and he was born, you know, in the manger in Bethlehem, he was introduced to the nation as the Christ. He didn't introduce himself, but, but 
Peter had that revelation. He said, no man told you this. You got this from, from, from the Spirit of God. He was the Christ. And he was, the Christ was an individual, one man, a person, flesh and blood, uh, both God and man. But he was, he was an individual. If he was in Capernaum, if Christ was in Capernaum, he wasn't in, uh, 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 what's another name of it down? <laughs> he wasn't in Jerusalem if he was in Capernaum, right? He's in one place. When, when Christ was raised from the dead, something, one of the most astounding miracles of all of the ages took place. Christ became the embodiment of everyone who believed in him. He's the head, but on that Easter morning, when, the, when those women went to the tomb and found that tomb empty, and the angel said, he's not here, he's been raised up. He's, when they believed... That morning they were born again. They, they, were, they were born anew, had a, experienced a spiritual rebirth, and they were placed into Christ. Well, that's happened millions of times. So Christ is no longer one person. Je- now listen to me, don't get flaky. Jesus is one person, and he's still seated at the right hand of the Father. He's in a flesh and bone body, not a flesh and blood body, but he's physically, he's sitting in heaven physically, and he's one individual, but he's only the head of Christ now. He is not the total embodiment of Christ. We together make up Christ. Well, the, all of the grace, turn to uh, John 1, first chapter of John. All of the grace that was exhibited and that was embodied in that one man, the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. All of the grace, all of the gifts, all of the the uh, anointing, everything that made him up was so it, it's hard to, to it's hard to even understand how it could be embodied in one man. How could one man contain the whole entire fullness of God? He contained the fullness of the Godhead bodily in, in one person. I don't, know how, I don't know how a flesh, a human body can do that, but it did. We know it. But that's what made Jesus unlike any other man. They said no man ever spoke like this man. No man ever did what this man did. And, and, and he could do that because his body was untouched by sin. There was no, there was no decay. There was no weakness. There was, there was none of what we experience in our physical lives. There, there was none of that. There was no, he was not mortal. And so his body, uh, was just supercharged with everything that God is. Well, uh, every, every bit of those graces, all of the grace, all of the, the, the different uh, uh, aspects of Christ have been distributed in the church. And we all have a part of that. John 1, 16. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Other translations say and, and grace upon grace. Of his fullness... We have all, now you didn't receive all of it. I didn't receive all of it because we couldn't handle it. But all of us have received collectively all of the grace of God. 
Now, a lot of it is clearly lying dormant. A lot of it's hiding somewhere. And, 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 and God is so, he is so patient. And, and this is the, this is the process of maturing is, is learning to take your place and do your share of Christ. I mean, we were talking a few weeks ago about the things God has prepared for, for us. They were prepared before the, the foundations of the earth, before the, before the generations and the times and the ages. Your particular plan was, was ordained of God and God, excuse me, God prepared things for you. Well, this is some of what he's prepared. I mean, some of the things he's prepared, you know, were our rights and privileges, but he prepared our place of service too. That, that puts our obedience and our finding out what God has for us to do, that puts that in a, in a light that's sobering. Because one day, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account of the things done at work. No. Done on vacation. No. Done in the body. In the body. Because that's what it's about. And... Uh, on that day, none of our excuses are going to play out very well. They're not going to resonate in heaven. Well, you know, and I, and I, I listed some excuses Sunday night. Well, I don't feel qualified. I, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. That's not going to play out very well when you stand before the Lord. It's going to say, I made you good enough. Well, I don't have any abilities. Well, uh, I gave you abilities. And then those things are, are going are gonna to come to light. You're going to go, oh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Praise the Lord. Uh, we were in Ephesians 4. Go back over there. Ephesians 4. You getting anything out of this? Praise the Lord. Verse 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Walk worthy. What, what is it? He's not saying be worthy because there's only one person could ever make you worthy and he's done that. God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ has made us worthy. He's talking about how we walk it out. Now, praise the Lord. Uh, glory to God. He said, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. That word calling literally means vocation. Vocation. Have you ever thought of yourself as having a vocation? Given to you by God? Well, we all have. And again, uh, people, people look at the ministry, the, the official you know, ministry, like the minister. And they look at people who are in, in full-time ministry, whether they're you know, an apostle or a prophet, or an evangelist, or a pastor and a teacher. 
They think, well, you know, they've got a ministry. And, you know, I've just got a job. I just, all I do is, you know, greet people at the door. That's my job, you know. That's not very glorious. See, we think, well, that's just not very glorious because it's just, it's just, I mean, you can greet people at work. You can greet people at the supermarket. So greeting is just greeting. How, how holy is that? How supernatural is that? Well, let me give you a little insight. The fivefold ministry is not all that glorious either. <laughs> Most of the time, it seems quite ordinary. It's just going about ordinary stuff. It's just church stuff. There's, there's not any special, you know, ministers don't hear angels singing. <laughs> we don't have goosebumps running up and down our, you know, backbone all the time. And, you know, well, why, why, and you know that. Well, why, why would you expect that, that unless you have that, you're not in the ministry? If that's the case, I'm not in the ministry either. You see? No, we, we all have a vocation. And that vocation, he said, it's, it's, it's noble and it's honorable. It's noble and honorable. Verse 7 again. To each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Everything he was has been doled out in the church. And, and I, I, I illustrated this on Sunday night. I said, you know, when, when my wife and me started, my wife and I started the church, uh, you know, we did everything. We, we didn't know what we were doing, but what we did, what we knew to do, we did. And, uh, and our family. I told the story how, you know, my, how old were the boys when they, we tore down that Gutted that room down the downstairs. Nine and thirteen, maybe you know. You think, yeah. And uh, so you know, we we did everything, and there wasn't a lot to do because the ministry hadn't developed. But we did everything we could do, and if no one had ever joined us, let's say five people, say we had a church and and we started church and it grew, you know, for five five people besides my family. What what can a church? Of nine people do. You're not going to have uh, a real robust youth ministry when you have nine people in your church and they're not all youth. <laughs> uh, you're, you're not going to have, uh, you know, a very, a very uh, really powerful music ministry. If you've only got nine people in the church because the, the rules of averages are... Half of those people can't sing, and the ones that can't sing can't play anything. So, you know, a, a church can only do as God adds to it, and then the people in the church take their place. And that's how, that's how Christ is expressed in this natural world. He's expressed in local churches. And we are, we are to use our gifts... And the things that God gives us, we are to use them to bless one another to strengthen the church. If if you look at uh, if you look at running the slides on on you know on service, you're in the booth back there and you're running the slides. 
If you look at that as just natural, you know, I do the slides, they're the same every week, the same procedure, there's nothing new, I put the slides up, you know, I load the, the software, I turn it on, I, you know, I use my mouse, and I, you know, I, we don't have physical slides, we used to, but, you know, we do the computer, we do all that. Uh, I mean, any, I could train any sinner to do this. If you, if you look at it that way, you're failing to see that this is a church. This isn't, this isn't a civic order, uh, 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 group or activity. Let me ask you this question. Is, the, is your church important in this community? Is this church important in this community? Is, is God in what's going on in this church? Is there, is there a purpose for this church being here? And we all, we all know that's true and we see the spiritual aspect of that. We see the, the weight of that and the, and the glory of that and what God's called us to do. Everything that people do in this church is part of that. And that can't happen unless somebody's running the video department. And somebody is, is, I think I mentioned serving uh, uh, drinks, ice, you know, tea and, 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 and water at fellowships. That's, that's a, that's a service to, to me because I want a glass of tea and, and, and the body ministers to one another. Well, he gives us these, uh, these different gifts and, uh, there's in the, in the new Testament, there are three categories of, of gifts and as, as spirit-filled people, we're, we're familiar with the spiritual gifts, the, the charisma. Uh, and, and the three spiritual, the, the, the spiritual gifts are divided into three subcategories. There's the vocal gifts, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Then there's the, the revelation gifts, which is the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning the spirits, the power of gifts is uh, a special faith, gift of working of miracles, and gifts of healings. Well, those are spiritual gifts. And then there's another group of gifts called ministry gifts. And the ministry gifts are people. They're not, they're not uh, endowments. In, they're, they're endowments that operate through people. So the ministry gifts are, are uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But then in the 12th chapter of Romans, there are what I call body ministry gifts. It's gifts that are given to the body to, to minister one to another. Let's go back over there and, and look at Romans 12 again. Hallelujah. For I say, verse 3, I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has, helped, has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, he talks about in verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given. Notice how definite that is. That's not, poss- that's not if you possibly have gifts. He said having then gifts Differing according to the grace that is given, let us use them. So what he's saying in, in verse 3, if you, if you take that in the context of verse number 6, he's saying everybody has gifts according to the grace that's given to them, and according to the grace given to me, this is what I'm saying. You know, uh, the apostle... 
Paul, when he spoke, it wasn't just like a, a layman speaking. Uh, 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 the, an apostle is a very, uh, it's the top ministry gifts. It's the most authoritative gift. Carries a very high, very heavy anointing. And so, you know, I could, I could say, you need to do something. But if, when an apostle says that, in, in, and particularly when it's the apostle Paul speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they better do it. Because God said it through him. So he said, I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, so it leaves no one out, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly or realistically as God has dealt to each one a measure of, of faith. People who won't serve in the church think more highly of themselves than they ought to. Yeah. People who won't serve. People who just, or won't serve honorably. Some people will serve if they can do it their way. Some people will serve in a particular capacity in, in, I'll volunteer for a particular department. When they get in that department, they, they don't like the way the department's run, so they want to do it their way, and they can't get along because, because the department runs this way, and I don't like it, so I'm not going to serve anymore. You think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. You ought to think soberly, and that means that you're not all that. And, 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 and other people have been functioning in this department or in this part of the ministry of the church, and there's a reason it's going that way. Humble yourself and say, you know what? I, I, I don't know why they're done. Oh, this is the silliest thing. I don't know why this department runs this way. Well, there's probably a good reason. And, and uh, if you'll just serve with gladness and just get along and, and put a smile on your face and just be nice and and uh, even though maybe it aggravates you the way, you know, it's, it's being run, just do it anyway. You know, if you get your heart right, you might see something. Amen. And God could use you to bring improvement. But he doesn't use people who have bad attitudes. Amen. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> we've seen some bad attitudes. Well, these, these ministry or body ministry gifts, he outlines them here. And he says, uh, so we being many, one body in Christ, each individually members of, of one another, let us use our gifts, verse 6, if prophecy. Now, that tells me that not everybody is going to prophesy. Not everybody is going to, to have the gift of prophecy, even though in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says all may prophesy. All may, but everyone won't. Because you can desire things. You can put a desire. Anything that, that is a, uh, any of the, of the nine gifts of the Spirit, you really can't desire working of miracles. You really can't. Because it's, it's, now, all of them are as the Spirit wills. All of the nine gifts of the Spirit are as the Spirit wills. So you, the Spirit has to be involved if you're going to have one. But you can't really say, Lord, I want, I want to have the working of miracles. Or I want to have, I, want, I, I really want the word of wisdom. Or the word of knowledge, or discerning of spirits. If you'll notice in 1 Corinthians, there, there are no instructions given 
concerning how to operate in the word of wisdom. No instructions. No instructions are given on, on how to operate in working of miracles. All of the instructions are about the vocal gifts. Isn't that right? How many people prophesize and tongues and interpretation? All of those that, that are, are gifts that, that he gives instructions in, every Christian can have those. You can, you can have them if you'll desire them, but the truth is a lot of people won't. And some people probably shouldn't. <laughs> so, uh, the, and, and when he's talking about prophecy here, I don't, I can't prove this, but in, in, to my mind, this is, these, he's, he's using prophecy as representative of the other vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. They're all tied together. He said, if, if that's the way you're, you're gifted, use it. We have in this, in this church, we have some people who are given sometimes to the vocal gifts. Kendra sometimes operates in the vocal gifts. Deborah sometimes operates in the vocal gifts. But uh, if God uses you that way, then that he's pleased to use you that way. Then you can be, you, you can seek that and, and, and make yourself available so that he can use you more. Amen. Because when God starts, when God has a place for you, you need to be faithful and be ready. And if you, if you come into church and you don't put up your spiritual antenna, or if you come into church and you're, you know, you're, uh, all carnal and, and, uh, can't hear from the spirit of God, well, the church is going to be robbed. He might want to use you. So there, there, there are, uh, things that we can do to make ourselves available. So if, if you're, if you operate in the vocal gifts, then, then use those, but do it in, in the proportion, uh, to your faith. Not everybody operates on the same level, even the vocal gifts, because some have a stronger grace there than others. Well, uh, uh, and that, and that, and that proportion of faith can be increased. How, do, how is it increased? By prayer. By seeking God, by, by, I don't mean necessarily praying about prophecy, but just drawing close to him, seeking God and, and, and becoming more uh, familiar with the spirit. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Angela's just pointing at something. I don't know what it might be. Something on her, something on her arms bothering her. You arm bothering you, sweetheart. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches and teaches. Thank God for, for people who teach in the church. And uh, uh, that, that's in every category. Every category. You just, well, I just teach little babies. Well, they need something. I just teach in the tiny tots. That's all I do is, you know, we just sing, sing these little songs about Jesus and, 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 and go over these little things. Yeah, but that's where foundations are laid. That's precious. Would you, would you say we shouldn't have that? No, we need it. We absolutely need it. Well, you know, I, I just teach over in, in, uh, in Faith Island. You know, I'm a character. And Kendra told me about this character. I didn't even know it existed until she told me this week. There's the tongue character. They put on a tongue, a costume, and it's a tongue. 
We say, well, I'm just, I'm just the tongue in, in Faith Island. Who are you pointing at? Carson. Are, are you the one? <laughs> well, you might, you might say, you know, I don't have much to offer, but if it's communicating the truth of that lesson that is a Bible truth, Carson, then it's important. <laughs> Isn't that right? It, it, that's what I'm talking about. We seem to think that ministries will, ooh, you know, yeah, but it's just serving. It's just serving in some capacity that helps, that helps promote the vision that God's given the church. If the church is important, then everything in it's important. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Uh, we'll close here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I tell you what, find your place. I just want to say this as we're getting ready to go. Find your place. So, well, I, I don't, I do stuff, but I don't feel like it's my place. I just do it. I don't feel, and I don't feel like God doesn't visit me, you know, in the night seasons and talk to me about, you know, standing at the door and, and, and passing out visitor's cards. I mean, I've never had God, you know, show up and I've never seen, you know, the glory while I was passing out visitor's cards. Well, you're, you're, you're looking at it wrong. Should we, should we welcome our visitors or shouldn't we? We should. Well, then that's important. And uh, if you'll be faithful in, in what you can do, more opportunity will present, present itself. The problem is some people don't want more responsibility. They don't want more. They just want to do one thing and be left alone. But remember, there's the good there's the permissive, the acceptable, and there's the perfect will of God. And sometimes people get stuck in the good will of God. It's good, you know, to do certain things. That's good. You're serving God. But God wants, you, God wants to move you on to something else. And when you, find that, when you find that perfect place, oh, my. Oh, my goodness. And, and so uh, be diligent, but be hungry. Be diligent in the church, but be hungry for, for more things you can do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. See you Sunday. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.